Thank you, Pastor Silver. God bless you. Uh, the beginning of the service tonight, I forgot to mention it's Claire Yogawin's birthday today. So somebody wish Claire a happy birthday. We're so glad to have that sweet lady in our church. God bless you, Claire. Hope that God has done something special for you and that he's blessed you with peace and joy today. Now, folks, um, I want to uh, ask you, please, when we get to the end of the service, when we get to the announcement, please don't turn off the Internet and go away because we have an important video announcement. All right. So I want you to hang in there with us right to the end. Would you do that, please? That would help. All right. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Now, tonight we are going to, this is lesson number three. And we will be dealing with the actual seven pillars of wisdom. And we sent out some notes. Now, uh, Ivan, you got that, put that up there for us. Would you please, buddy? You should have some notes that look like this. That's page one. You have page two up there. Just page one. There's three pages. Didn't you get three pages? Oh, but you only did one. Oh, all right. Okay, that's fine. You can put that away. Well, there's three pages. There's the one that he showed you. And then there's another one that's sort of, I don't know if you can see that. It's got a bunch of circles on it. And then there's, an, there's one here with a bunch of blanks to fill in. And so you'll need the notes. So if you do not have the notes, if you didn't get the notes, then please uh, tell us, say so, and we will get you the notes. Um, for those who are just tuning in now, um, boy, you missed a bunch already. You missed half an hour of good ministry. We've had great songs and prayer time, and you've missed all that. And I just want to encourage you to do your best uh, each Wednesday to tune in right at seven and get, get the whole ministry. Okay. That's good. Now, um, Proverbs is a very unique book. Absolutely unique. There's no other book in the world like Proverbs. The book of Proverbs covers every important subject in life. Now there's things there on how to use your cell phone. It's not covered in the book of Proverbs, but every area of life that's important, it's all covered everything. And there's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, 25 or more years ago. Now we were living in the city of Ottawa and uh, the church was small and I had to have a little business on the side to help put bread on the table. Well, I was never trained in business and all of a sudden the Lord gave me a business. And so I had to cry out to God for wisdom. I said, Lord, what do I do? I'm not a businessman. And so the Holy Spirit laid on my heart to study Proverbs. And so I spent the next two years of my life lost in the book of Proverbs. Wow. Did I get an education? God taught me all of the basics and I wrote everything down and I cataloged it all. And I, put it on three by five cards, made up a little box, put it in there. I still have it. It's in my office. 
And I, I still once in a while take a look at those. God taught me so much. Every area of life that you need help in, the book of Proverbs is going to come to your rescue. Well, we have covered two lessons already, and I'm not going to spend any great amount of time going through that because you can simply go back and rewatch the, the, uh, um, the videos. But we talked about what is wisdom? Why do we need it? And uh, where do we find God's wisdom? That was lesson one. Lesson two, we had a very interesting set of notes. Not sure if you can see that. You probably can't, but there's a line down the center here. And we had the good way, the proper way above the line, and then the, the bad way of life below the line. And we looked at the scriptures that talk about going the right way and going the wrong way. And Proverbs is very big on this. Very big on going in the right direction. Well, um, we, we made a slight error and you need to make two small corrections on your notes from last Wednesday. And so if you would pull out that page, it's dated January 13th. And in the upper half, we have letter E, E for Edward. And it's chapter five, verses one to two. And then it's verse 15 to 21. 15 to 21. So make that correction in your notes. And then if you go below the line, this is the wrong way, the worldly way that leads to eternal destruction and damnation to the letter F and just one change there. It should be chapter seven verses six to 23, six to 23. So make that change there and you should be all caught up. Well, dearly beloved, Tonight, we are going to be looking at the actual seven pillars. So let's begin with prayer. Our Heavenly Father, once again, we implore you because we know that wisdom comes from God. We know that. And we are in desperate need of wisdom. The world is in an absolute mess. It's not getting better. They just seem to put a new coat of paint on it. But it's the same corruption and it's getting worse. It's like some malignant tumor and it's getting bigger. And we know what's coming according to the scriptures. We know what's next on the prophetic calendar. And then what happens after that? And it's not good. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you please to give wisdom to your people and teach us. Father, I tremble at your word. To teach this subject is an awesome responsibility. Help me not to make a mistake. Father, Please, I pray that you would use the scriptures tonight to impress upon the hearts of your people wisdom and how to get it and the need for it and to use it. And Lord, I pray you would use this to bless them and undergird and protect them. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty, if you would take your your notes, you should have page three. It should say page three. And we're going to start with Proverbs chapter nine. Verses one to five. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beasts. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. 
Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. And so in verse number one, it says here, wisdom hath hewn out her seven pillars. Now, what are the, what are these seven pillars? What could they possibly be? Perhaps you've heard of a man named Lawrence of Arabia. Um, this, this man, um, uh, Elliot T S Elliot, I believe is his name, I think is his name. He wrote a book entitled the seven pillars of wisdom, but it has nothing to do with the Proverbs here. Not at all. There are many ideas. That's the word that goes in your blank. The first blank is the word ideas. And some of them are really crazy, but conservative Bible scholars are typically all in agreement that these seven pillars, they represent seven aspects. That's the word that goes in your blank. Seven aspects of wisdom. What is a pillar? A pillar is simply an upright column. C-O-L-U-M-N, an upright column. Now, some writers think that the seven pillars of wisdom are meant to hold up the roof. That's the word goes in your blank, the roof of wisdom's house. Now, we have an example of that sort of thing in the middle of page three. And you'll see that uh, there's a structure, some sort of building, a house. And there has one, two, three, four, looks like five columns helping to hold up the roof. And so that's an example there of a column or a pillar um, used to hold up a roof. But there, there's another usage of pillar and it's for a monument, a monument, a monument. And you can see example number two, there's a, a monument sort of a pillar and it, it doesn't hold up anything except a flower pot. It's very decorative. Now let's take a look in our scriptures here. An example of number one can be seen in first Kings chapter seven, verse two. So let's turn back there quickly. First Kings chapter seven and verse number two. This is about Solomon. It says in verse two, he built also the house of the forest of Lebanon. The length thereof was 100 cubits and the breadth thereof 50 cubits and the height thereof 30 cubits upon four rows of cedar pillars. So he built it upon, he built his house upon four rows of cedar pillars with cedar beams upon the pillars. And so there's a, an architectural structural necessity for these these pillars to hold up the roof. So that's well, obviously these particular upright columns were used to help support the house structure. Now, an example of number two, where it's not meant to hold up a roof. We can go back to Genesis chapter 19 and let's do that. Shall we turn back to Genesis chapter number 19? We have the story of Jacob. Hey, Sunday mornings, Sunday mornings, if you're following along, we're doing the life of Jacob. And we've done two sermons on the life of Jacob now. And this last one, how he took off and went up to Uncle Laban's place. And along the road, he went to sleep one night and he had this dream of the ladder. People call it Jacob's ladder. And he figured, he figures God's in this place. And so this is what's in chapter 19. 
and verse 26. This is after he, uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, this is, <laughs> sorry, got a little ahead of myself here. This is someone else. This is Lot's wife. Remember Lot and his wife and two girls, they were brought out of, out of Sodom. God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And on the way out, Lot's wife looks back. So his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. She didn't hold up anything, did she? Come to think of it, she didn't hold up truth. She didn't hold up honesty. She didn't hold up soul winning. She didn't hold up Bible reading. She didn't hold up prayer. Some, there's an expression, oh, that man's not worth his salt. Maybe you've heard that expression. Well, here's a woman turned into a pillar of salt. So that is an example there. She became a pillar of salt. And chapter 28, that's the chapter that I was thinking of when Jacob took off and has this wild dream and God reveals himself. Chapter 28 and verse 18, Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar. So there's another example. And this is just basically a stone set upright. And this is a pillar and he poured oil upon the top of it. It was his way of trying to sanctify it. Now these pillars, back to your notes now, these pillars did not support anything. They were used as monuments to proclaim something, to proclaim something. There's other examples in the Bible. I believe another one where uh, Jacob's wife, Rachel died and he set up another stone like a pillar, like a monument. Uh, in honor of her. And so uh, today, in fact, if you look up a pillar um, or column, you will find some references to monuments, gravestones, and so on. So it's still used. That idea is still used. All right. Now this second usage, back to your notes, this second usage, in my opinion, is the better understanding of the seven pillars of wisdom. And I hope to prove that to you. Now, in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1, I want you to notice that wisdom's house is already built. Chapter 9, verse 1, wisdom hath builded her house. Done. Then it says, she hath hewn out her seven pillars. Now that's done. In the case of Solomon building the house in the cedars, uh, from the cedars of Lebanon, it said that the house rested on the pillars. Here, it doesn't say that at all. I think these are two different things, two separate acts. All the hard work, wisdom has done all the hard work here. And of course, wisdom's house is already built before she hews out her seven pillars. Now, something else I want you to notice, and that is wisdom and understanding go together. They go together like two sisters, if you will. They go together. And I'll, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'll show you this. Let's go back to chapter one, uh, Proverbs chapter one, verse two and verse five. It says to know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding. Look at verse five. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding. You see, wisdom and understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Also in the second blank, write down chapter two, verses two to three. It says, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. 
Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, wisdom and understanding go together. Also, verse number six of chapter two. It says, for the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Go to chapter three. Look at verse 13. That's what goes in your next blank. You got four blanks there beside the word Proverbs. So chapter three, verse 13 says, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding over and over chapter um, four, chapter four, look at verse five. It's actually five to nine, but we're not going to look at it all. But just verse five, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. There are many more verses that I could give you that link together wisdom and understanding. But I just want you to see that because you're going to be writing something on the next page. Now, on the bottom of your page, number three, after much research and prayer, I humbly suggest the following meanings for each of the seven pillars. All right. We are on to page four. That's the, the page is kind of all blank, except you've got these circles. And I want you to turn the page this way. That's the proper way to understand the page. Not this way, this way. This is called landscape. This is portrait up and down is portrait. This is landscape side to side. That's how I want you to turn the page. This is not an arrow. This is a house. But it looks like an arrow. Well, architects found uh, that's how the architects build houses. They make them look like arrows. I don't know, but it's a house. And I want you to write two words in the house. Do you know what the two words are? One of them is wisdom. And the other one is understanding wisdom and understanding. Those are the two words that you write in there. Now, these circles represent something. What do you suppose they represent? They represent the what? The pillars. Yes. We are only going to get through one or two pillars tonight. And so let's start by putting a number one up in the top left corner, the top left corner. I want you to put a number one. And I would like you to draw a line, a straight line between that circle. Number one circle and the house. I want you to draw a line between the circle and the house. Okay. And on top of the line, I want you to write a couple of Bible references and I want you to write these words, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Now I want you to write chapter one, verse seven. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And I want you to write down chapter nine and verse 10. And it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And so all I want you to do right now is simply to write wisdom and understanding up on the top in that house. I want you to write a number one here in the first circle in the top left. And I want you to draw a line between that circle and the house. 
And I want you to write uh, chapter one, verse seven, chapter nine, verse 10, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. All right. Now I see that a few more have joined us. I want to say, welcome. God bless you. If you've just tuned in, God bless you. Uh, next week, try to tune in a little earlier. You'll get a lot more out of the service. Remember, if any of you do not have the notes, then tell us, write in a comment, let us know, give us your email and we'll send them out to you right away. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to go to page number five. Page number five says the seven pillars further explained. You see that at the top, page number five. Now we're going to do some, some writing and a little bit of study here on number one. Number one is the fear of the Lord. That's you, what you write on the, on the top here. Number one, the fear of the Lord. That's what we're talking about. Number one, that's the first pillar. Now we're going to give a definition. And again, it's fill in the blank here. Definition. What is the fear of the Lord? It's a sense of fear. F-E-A-R. There's bi- modern Bible versions that try to replace that word with reverence and respect and sometimes awe. Hey, those are good words when you understand what they mean. But this word fear is a proper biblical word. It's used hundreds and hundreds of times in the Bible. It's something that I think this generation has missed out on. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is a sense of fear because of the greatness of God's power and holiness. Those are the next two words that go in the blank because of the greatness of God's power and holiness. We love him and do not want to displease him. We do not want to displease him. Knowing the power he holds over our lives. Those are the last two words that go in the blanks of that sentence. Now, Stop and think about this. There's no other English word that can replace what the word fear means. It's a healthy fear, a holy fear, a reverential fear, a loving fear. We fear the Lord. Why? It's because of the greatness of his power and his holiness. He has all power and he is perfectly holy. And we love him. We don't want to displease him. We don't want to live lives that are going to make him upset. Knowing the power he holds over our lives. As children growing up in our homes, there should be a lot of love, but there should be enough discipline to keep us in line so that we don't go crazy And we don't grow up being crazy men and women and, and break the law and get into jail, do crazy things. We should, we should grow up with enough love and discipline to keep us on the straight and narrow in the guidelines of, of, of good humanity. And as we grow up, when we push against the guidelines, maybe when we purposely jump over them, Our parents bring us back lovingly and we keep doing it. They may have to correct us in some fashion or form. There may be some form of correction. 
and knowing that we're going to get corrected. Okay. We, we keep the, the guidelines until it becomes habit. And then we learn the wisdom behind the guidelines. Those of you who drive a car speed limit says 60 or 80 or 40 or 30 or something. Do you ever go over the speed limit? Do you go over the speed limit when a police car is parked up on the road? You can see the police car. Do you still go over the speed limit? You don't. Why? Because of fear. Fear knowing that, oh, I could get a ticket. I better keep the speed limit. Now, is there anything wrong with that sense of fear? No, that's good. Hey, if there were no police force, no policemen at all in the city, what would happen to this city overnight? You wouldn't be safe. I wouldn't be safe. It would be mayhem. The criminals, the crooks, the thieves, the muggers, the rapists, they'd all take over. They do whatever they want because there's no one there to stop them. You see, it's good that we have a fear of the Lord. So this is very important. It's the first pillar of wisdom. And if you do not have the fear of the Lord, you may not have wisdom. It's just as simple as that. All right. We need to finish up here in our definition. It says, uh, will lead to salvation. A proper fear of the Lord will lead a man, will lead a woman to salvation. Now, this also includes much humility. To get a good handle on the fear of the Lord is going to mean you're going to get saved. And it means you're going to be humble before God. You're not going to be some big proud stuffed shirt kind of a, a person. You know that you're broken by sin. You're, you're destroyed. You, you ought to be in hell, but by his love and mercy and grace, he saved you. And that ought to humble you. You can't go around condemning others. When you yourself are a sinner saved by grace, there ought to be much humility before God. And that leads to worship and it leads to personal holiness. That's another study in the book of Proverbs. I want to recommend you do personal holiness. All right. Now let's take a look at some scriptures together. Um, Let's go to, to the book of Job. So before Psalms, go to Job uh, chapter 28. Job 28 and verse 28. That's what goes in your blank there. Job 28 and 28. Hey, I hope you look these verses up in your home. I'm not allowed to peep in your windows, you know, and check to see if you're doing all this. But, uh, I hope that you look these up. Job 28, 28. And unto man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. You understand a bit more now why the first pillar is the fear of the Lord. This is so important. See, it goes on. And to depart from evil is what? Say it. Understanding. There's your wisdom and understanding. They connect. I told you they do. They connect. Um, I guess I better make mention of this now before I forget. But these seven pillars 
I've studied them like crazy. I've spent so much time, unbelievable amount of hours. What you're getting are the fruits of, of my hard work. I've determined what the seven are and I've put them in what I believe is a proper order for us to better understand them. You could jumble the order up, but I've put them in the order. I think they're best understood. And the first one is fear of the Lord. Now we'll go into Psalms, Psalm 111 verse 10. Now I'm going to have to shake a leg here because I got to get through this. I hope I, maybe I can get through the second one too with you. Um, Psalm 111, Psalm 111 verse 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding have all they that do his commandments, his praise endureth forever. There again, connected together. But do you see the fear of the Lord is directly connected with wisdom? You see that now the second blank besides Psalm is Psalm 119, 119 verse 38, 119 verse 38. Establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. Ask yourself how devoted you are to the fear of God. Hey, those of you that are praying for wisdom, and I hope you are, I hope you're praying for wisdom every day. But if you're praying for wisdom, you need to be praying for the fear of the Lord. That the fear of the Lord would get a hold of you and would permeate you. Because this is directly connected with wisdom. This is the first pillar of wisdom. You want to be wise. You want to have understanding. And I hope you do. Well, you need to get a hold of this pillar and embrace it with all your might. The fear of the Lord. Now let's go to the book of Proverbs. Chapter number 15. Boy, time is a fleeting, isn't it? Maybe we won't get past number one. I was hoping we could get to number two. Chapter 15 of Proverbs, verse number 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. Now we mentioned humility as being connected with the fear of the Lord. It's a natural byproduct. It's like if you eat lots of pizza and soda pop, you're going to burp, aren't you? Well, you see, that's a natural byproduct. And the fear of the Lord, the natural byproduct is humility and the worship of God and personal holiness. These are natural byproducts of the fear of the Lord. Now the net, you've got one, two, three, four blanks with Proverbs. The next one is chapter 19, chapter 19, verse 23, 19 and 23. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. I like the sound of that. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. Boy, that's for me. That's good. The next blank, chapter 22, verse 4. Chapter 22, verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. I like those byproducts too. We're going to be talking more about that later. So, Chapter 22, verse four, by humility and fear of the Lord. And the last one is chapter 28, chapter 28 
and verse number 14. Chapter 28 and verse 14. Say it out loud with me, would you please? Read this one out loud all together. Happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. So happy is the man that feareth alway. Folks, this is so important. This is so extremely important. You go back here to page number uh, four, where you got the little house that looks like an arrow, the house of wisdom and understanding. These two are kissing cousins or twin sisters or something, but they're together. They're not separated. And if you're talking about one, you may as well include the other. And so you got a number one here. That's your first pillar is up in this top left corner. And it's the fear of the Lord. Chapter one, verse seven and chapter nine, verse 10, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord. This is your first pillar. We've run out of time. You come back next Wednesday. We'll, we'll get a hold of the second pillar, maybe the second and the third pillar. And I'm going to show you some other things. Now you're going to need to hang on to these notes. You're going to need to review the notes that I gave you. And this is your homework. I want you to review the notes. I want you to look it all over and review it. And I would also like to suggest that you read one proverb a day over the next seven or eight days. If you start tonight and try and get those eight chapters done, you say, pastor, why do you have us just read the first eight chapters over and over? (laughs) You'll see, you'll see. I have to get through a bunch of notes first before I can deal with that. But if you will read one proverb a day, just chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then one, two, and then so on. If you will do that, you will understand later why I've asked you to do that. So that is your homework. Listen, when you pray for wisdom, you pray and ask God to teach you his fear. You pray and you embrace the fear of the Lord. You ask the Holy Spirit to, to, um, uh, to broaden your vision. How about that? To broaden your vision of what it means to fear the Lord and his power and his might and his glory and how you are before God. There's God. There's you. How does God see me? How should I see myself? Well, I'm, I'm broken. I'm a broken sinner. I, wow, I shouldn't even deserve to live. God is so good. You get a hold of the fear of the Lord and you will please your heavenly father and you ask him for wisdom this week. Would you do that? Pray with me now. Our dear, wonderful heavenly father. Hopefully we've learned something tonight, something that will really change the way we live. Father God, over these weeks of study, as we study this wonderful subject of wisdom, please give us more and more understanding because they do go together. Lord, I pray that you would please strengthen us to be able to 
ask you for greater things. Increase our faith to come before you on a daily basis and to pray our prayer list, to read the scriptures and to learn more and more and more. My father, I pray that you'd please bless your people, especially any that are going through some turmoil, some struggle right now. Father, please give them the, the wisdom that they need. Help them, I pray. Oh, dear Father, please re receive our love and our adoration, our worship as we bow before you. We love you so much. And we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen.